headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting for the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Thank you for being with us, America. It's a free call at 888-825-5225. Sebastian starts off this hour in Canada. Hey, Sebastian, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, how's it going? Better than I deserve. How can I help? Uh, so I'm a 35-year-old, uh, married, four kids. Uh, I recently bought a new house, uh, maybe three years ago. Paid cash, uh, hundred no, 928000 I make 80000 a year. And uh, I have a lot of, I have a couple houses in uh, real estate. And my question is should i try to pay down those mortgages in that my tenants are technically paying for or should i try to uh, invest for my retirement yes you should do both um and by the way tenants don't technically pay for anything they maybe pay their rent and then you maybe can use that money to pay your payments. So, um, only beginner landlords say things like the tenants pay the rent because those of us that have owned rental property for a few decades know that that's a sham. So, um, anyway, the, uh, uh, so you own two properties that you have debt on. How much do you owe on those two properties? No, I, I, I own six properties, six properties. I'm sorry. Okay. And you have how much debt on those six properties? 1.2 million. So an average of two hundred thousand a piece. Okay, and you yeah. and you make eighty thousand a year. Yeah. Okay. Where did you get the nine hundred thousand uh, to pay cash for your house? Uh, I always had a tenant in my basement when I when I first bought my house at eighteen years old, and then I just paid off my house within maybe six years, and then I did uh, upgrades in my house. And then I sold out for roughly eight sixty five. Okay. My first house was like sold off, and then Good. I paid that one cash. Excellent. Uh, this is sounding like a Breaking Bad situation. Okay, I'm glad you. <laughs> I'm glad you figured that out. <laughs> okay, so we're out of there, and we got the house, and we've got a nice paid for home. You got a net worth in excess of a million dollars. Very well done. And you're, you said you're what, how old? Thirty five. Good job. Very good job, Sebastian. Well, I'll tell you what I would do, and that's why you called, is what would I do if I woke up in your shoes? I own um, several hundred million dollars worth of real estate. I love real estate. I think it's a wonderful investment. Um, And so uh, I'm with you on the real estate, and and you've done good on real estate. You've made money on real estate, so that's all good. What you don't want to do is uh, fail to realize that uh, debt equals risk. More debt equals more risk, less debt equals less risk, no debt equals no risk, at least of that type of risk. And so what I would do is I would start working to get those uh, paid off. You don't have to panic to do it, but don't just sit there and pay the payments. Let's figure out a way. Any extra cash we find, let's start throwing it at those while you're working the baby steps. Now, your baby steps are uh, you're out of debt, everything but the houses, and you are that, aren't you? Yeah, I don't have any. Uh, Good. Uh, and you have an emergency goals, fund of three to six months of expenses. That is your rainy day fund. 
And then once you've got the emergency fund in place of three to six months of expenses, then you should start. Here's the answer to your question. 15% of your income going into retirement. And uh, in Canada, you've got the equivalent of a 401k type retirement that you can choose good mutual funds in. And I'd be putting 15% of my income into that. And then money I can find on the table, I'm going to begin to clear this 1.2 million. In my case, I have prospered so greatly because I have no debt. So all the rents I get to keep, all the income, Minus the expenses of operating the property, I get to keep. I don't have to send it to the bank. And so the tenants are paying me. They're not paying the bank. So would it make sense? I might sell a few of them. I was going to say, sell two or three of them and pay off the other two or three. Yeah. Out of the six, I'm going to pick out my least favorite two that have sweet equity, but I don't think they've got as good a future as the other four. I want to look at the four and say, you know, 20 years from now, these four are in great neighborhoods. I'm going to love owning these houses for 20 years. But these other two, yeah. Not so much. Uh, there's a few cars up on blocks on that street or whatever it is, right? I'm not, that, is, that one's not going to appreciate as much. I'm dumping those two, throwing the equity at, trying to get the first one of these paid off. And then I would snowball these rentals. I would list the debts, smallest to largest, and I'd throw everything at that smallest debt rental, then at the next smallest debt rental, then at the next smallest debt rental. And when you get them all clear, dude, you're going to have an emotional experience you don't see coming because you have quit measuring risk in your emotions you don't feel it you're numb to it you're you're used to it you become satiated to it and when it goes away you're going to feel like someone lifted a 300 pound weight off your back i actually wonder if that's why he called because he's got a million dollar paid off house and then all of a sudden he's quietly racked up 1.2 million dollars he leveraged himself completely yeah and you just don't sleep you don't breathe it's if you're smart, but I mean, sometimes you, you can become psychotic about it. I mean, you yeah. can really, I was, my, my risk meter meter was completely removed when I was 16, <laughs> right after, right after my wisdom teeth. And so I don't measure risk. I, I, I had to reinstall it with, as a spiritual experience to say, okay, God says the borrower is slave to the lender. Mm. I'm not going to be a slave anymore. Reinstall the risk meter. I had to make a conscious act of my will to reinstall that because real estate people, one of the things they do, they take your risk meter out when you take the test and they just hit it with a hammer and then hand it back to you. You know, you just, you're just like, oh, the tenants pay the bill. Bull well, and, crap. and let's flip that on its head. I've got the exact problem on the opposite side of the scale. And so the parable of talents, I, I have a tendency to go bury everything in the backyard and just sit and wait for the end times. And I have to be responsible steward of the gifts in front of me and exactly. do something with them. Right? Yeah. Act like you're going to live. Yeah. Yeah. You got to, yeah. you got to invest like you're going to live and, uh, you got to invest in such a way as if things go wrong sometimes. Cause they do. Hello. That's Every the time. risk meter. Right. And so, yeah, if I'm in your shoes, I'm going to pick out the worst two, clear them and then use my income and the increased income of the others to, uh, by a couple of them now paid for, uh, and knock the others out and have like a three to a five year plan of having them all paid for. And I think you can do that if you're careful. That's what I would do. I think 15 years from now, you're going to, I know 15 years from now, you're going to end up in a better position than you would if you try to hold on to these and white knuckle your way through it. Is there any sort of um, recommendation for somebody who, he's got a lot of house with a, and I know he owns it all, but he's got a lot of house for a little salary. And I know the idea is like, I paid cash for it, but man, you're going to be spending a significant amount of your salary just in upkeep on a million dollar property like that, just on your house. 
But maybe not. Maybe you own it, you own it, and you own it, right? That doesn't bother me as much as the other parts of this one. I'm more worried about the million, too, than I am that house. I think that house, if it was two million, I might be going, yeah, that's probably probably a lot of house. Yeah. Yeah. But this this is, you know, I'm, I'm good with that part. This is The Ramsey Show. I've recommended Simply Safe Home Security for years, and over that time, they've just gotten better and better while remaining in amazing value. Their monitoring costs less than a dollar a day. Plus, unlike traditional home security providers, Simply Safe has no contract and no hidden fees. So don't wait to protect your home. Visit simplysafedirect.com right now and get a special 20% off. Simplysafedirect.com. There is no safe like Simply Safe. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, host of the Dr. John Deloney Show. If you've not tuned into his podcast, you need to. It's pretty fun. And you'll learn some stuff about yourself and about others and about relationships. It's good stuff. Number one best-selling book, Own Your Past, Change Your Future as well. And, John, you have a big hit on your hands. Uh, these questions for human cards, they have become a, uh, a thing. They are definitely a thing. Having a blast. They're selling like crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, why do we need questions for humans cards? Because we have lost the skill. Am I going to say it's a character issue or some kind of you're a loser? We've lost the skill of being in the presence of other real humans and not waiting for our turn to speak, but actually listening to somebody and actually posing good questions and engaging in dialogue. We just don't know how to do it anymore, and that's fine. That's where we are. Let's figure it out. Yeah. So because my guess is we've learned to text we text each other. We email each other. We we, we don't fight have, each other. We argue. We thumbs we have down a lot each other. Of argue, we have a lot of arguments, yeah. Yeah. especially on social media where we have much more courage. And here's another crazy thing um, that's that's emerged: the number of parents who thought that their kids don't want to talk to them, or the number of kids who think my grandparents don't want to talk to me, or my parents just don't want to interact with me. And so you've got people passing each other in the night, and parents would do anything to sit down and have a great conversation with their kid parents i mean kids would do anything to have parents put their stupid phones down look them in the eye and ask them um some deep important questions or just some fun questions some laughter questions so um that's what these questions for humans are doing man and it's 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 been incredible like i I would never in a million years would have anticipated the response yeah the sales are off we, we have trouble keeping them in the stock but we've got them and we've got decks for everyone if you're dating if you're a married couple, if you got a girls' night event, a guys' night event, parents and kids, friends edition, and they're flying off the shelves. And so it's just a conversation starter, and they're a lot of fun. Again, a lot of them are humorous. A lot of them are stuff that, you know, what's your first car? What's the dumbest thing you ever did in high school? What are all these kind of stuff, right? So all these decks will get you spending time laughing and learning and actually looking at each other instead of at screen. So pick up one, two, or even more of the questions for human conversation cards, conversation starters a uh, little deck of cards is what they are and you can get them at ramseysolutions.com slash humans and notice it's not an app it's not an app it's a physical product with your screen it's down. not on your phone yes it's humans looking at other humans <laughs> i just think that's an important thing yeah yeah we actually toyed with that man because it'd be so much easier cheaper just to throw it online and but man there's something powerful about putting your phones in your purse or in your in your back pocket and pulling these things out yep 
Yep, 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 yep. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Colby is in Greenville, South Carolina. Hi, Colby. How are you? Hey, guys. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, So my husband and I are in baby steps four, five, and six. We have two kids, and we are really wanting to also pay off our mortgage. So we're wondering how do we split, um, like, our extra income between – 529 investing for our boys and paying off our home there's no perfect formula but what i have always done when i'm working with customers like you or i'm looking at it for myself is i'm trying to say okay how old are these kids and how much have i got to have to get them going into college i got to at least have a good start there right i gotta i gotta see a way they can go to school debt free and so if you've got a three-year-old and you want to do $50 a month for now and then attack the mortgage a little more aggressively, fine. If you've got a 16-year-old and you got no money for their college, you're probably not putting anything towards the mortgage much right now because you're probably going to be trying to load, catch that war chest up that's really, really thin. Does that make sense? It does. Yes, it does. And, 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 and or I got to have a plan. I got to have a way I'm going to get there. My husband was in the military. My wife was in the military. So I got GI Bill or I've got this or I've got that. But the plan can't be student loans. Right. So how old are your kids and how many? Um, two, four years old and one year old. And what's your household income? Um, it should be about 200 this year. And how much do you owe on your home? 157 as of yesterday. <laughs> Okay. If I were in your shoes, I would set up fifty to a hundred dollars a month with my SmartVestor Pro on each of these kids and their five twenty nines, just to check the emotional box and start to build the muscle that I am actually saving for college. But you're really not saving much money right now. And then I would use mm-hmm. your fabulous income and pay off this tiny little mortgage you have really fast. And then you can circle back and easily finish out funding the college. You got plenty okay. of runway here. Plenty of, plenty of uh, yeah runway. And I'll tell okay. you, I, I think, and Dave, tell me if I'm wrong here, but the fact that you can get this thing paid off in two years, 18 months, I love the idea yeah. of almost deciding, let's be just a hair under a gazelle intense and just to get this thing done. And then let's yeah. let's live our, let's have a fun life. That's what me and my wife, I mean, I, I like that plan. If you can do it in mm-hmm. this, this tiny little window, there's something about it. let's just sprint and get it done. Yeah, it, it's right. the finish line's in sight. You can do a lot of stuff. You know, it's uh, you you find energy, a burst of energy in the last last mile of the race. So that you can do that. That that's good. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, the whole thing is just be thoughtful. And I I would not ever tell you to do zero towards kids college because i want you to start building that muscle and start have that system and process in place even though mathematically we're not really doing that much yet okay it's kind of like when you first start giving sometimes you start giving a small amount to start to build your generosity muscle and then over time you'll increase your giving to uh to a much greater Think, th- think of it this way. It, it's about the identity shift we talk about. Yeah. I'm a person who saves for my kid's college. And it might just be 50 bucks this time because I'm also a person that doesn't owe anybody anything. And we're going to sprint towards that. But yeah. it's, it's just an identity. Yeah, instead of I'm a ho- person who gives. Yeah, And the other thing is we are going to see in this coming 15 years uh, more of a, an upheaval in higher education than in any 15-year period in recent memory. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. 
there's going to be a price war. There's going to be a, a come to Jesus with the culture on quit teaching stupid butt stuff that's not usable in the marketplace. Uh, there's going to be uh, people are going to quit. I hope they quit paying for prestige that doesn't have any results. Um, uh, you know, we, we have taken the, for, for the last many 15 year periods, we have taken the, uh, the, the common sense off of education. Yeah. We've lost our, we're dumb about education, which is actually an irony of irony. We've made it about dollars and cents instead of common sense. Yeah. Well, not even, I mean, we don't even look at the dollars and cents. We just go, Whatever it costs, and uh, no, I'm the, not saying us. I'm saying the business. Oh, yeah, they, they, the higher ed people did. The business, they're, they're, yeah. They've been cleaning up. Yeah. So uh, all of you ought to be watching Borrowed Future, our award-winning documentary. It was one of the top documentaries year before last, and uh, still very valid. But um, you're in good shape. You're in good shape. You're going to be just fine, Colby. You're doing all the right stuff. But um, the the epic student loan crisis is not over. Yeah, we continue to make the stupid student loans. Everybody's talking about around about how bad they are, and we ought to forgive them, but we keep making keep them, doing it, man. which is so intellectually dishonest, it's unbelievable, but that's the definition of Congress, intellectually dishonest. <laughs> and so, you know, if, if Congress had, had, you know, if you really cared about America, you'd quit making these loans that are destroying America. I mean, it's just dumb. You're killing the next generation and the next generation. Well, and, and even if they made an announcement, I've been thinking about how do you, how do you unwind this? Even if they made an announcement, kind of like they, they made an announcement about um, in 2020-whatever, we, we expect this many electric vehicles. And in 2020-whatever, we expect this much water reduction, whatever. If you said in five to seven seven years, we're done. College, y'all have seven years to figure this out. you got five years. you got three years to figure out your life without this. But we're going to stop putting these loans out. That's more likely than doing what i would do which is just shut it shut off. the spigot off yeah i'll just go yeah y'all have had enough <laughs> y'all got enough it's good we're good now figure it out yeah but i that probably is not going to happen so you're okay don't you don't have to panic no, entire not. college towns would dry, dry up yeah. if i did that so that's probably not a good idea this is the ramsey show you've been gazelle intense you've eaten more beans and rice than you knew existed and now you're ready to make your biggest investment better. Blinds.com is a great way to dress up a room or your entire home. Whether you like do-it-yourself projects or you don't even know what a Phillips head screwdriver is, trust Blinds.com to take care of you like Ramsey would. You can do the measuring and installation yourself or let Blinds.com's professionals handle everything for you. Blinds.com offers a completely hassle-free experience. Count on them to deliver stylish window treatments from premium brands without the premium markup. And you can count on free shipping, free samples, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee so you can rest easy. That's why we've recommended Blinds.com for over 10 years. Shop Blinds.com right now and get up to 45% off. That's Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Thank you for joining us, America. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today as we answer your questions about your life and your money. Today's question is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services here at Ramsey. We believe in making home ownership a blessing and not a burden. So we recommend Neighborly's network of service professionals. 
to repair, maintain, and improve your home. Find the help you need at Neighborly.com. All right, today's question comes from Andy in Virginia. When I get closer to retirement, how do I access the money in my retirement funds? Do I take a set amount each month? Do I only take money made off interest and leave the principal loan? How do I make the money last? Um, that's the that's the question, Dave. And I love I love the sim- simplistic mechanistic question here, man. How do I do this? Well, you can set it up with your broker. You have the money in the mutual funds, hopefully in your four hundred one k, your Roth IRAs that kind of thing you decide which um of your different retirement accounts because most people aren't going to end up with more than one retirement account you may have a 401k from an old job you may have roth iras that you did your wife might have had a 401k rolled over those are all different buckets of money you say okay out of those buckets of money we're going to draw on this many we're going to draw this much and you can set a set amount and say i'm going to draw this amount i'm going to draw five thousand dollars a month or you can say i'm going to pull a percentage a month um or uh you can say i'm going to pull the gains i would not say i'm going to pull the gains if you've got the money invested in good growth stock mutual funds that have a track record that's 10 to 12 percent if you pull off 10 percent of it or eight let's say you pull off eight percent of it and it makes it 12 then you've left four in there if it makes 10 you left two in there so it's going to be growing forever you're not only not hitting the principle you're not uh it is continuing to grow so it will run in perpetuation if you do that so in other words if the uh, the percentage that you're pulling off is less than the percentage average percentage of growth then you're going to come out so over a 10-year period of time if it averages growing 10 to 12 and you pull off eight every year you're going to not have touched the principle at all in the end you will have, I will have grown. Now it might or might not have kept up with inflation, but you know, if you've got a million dollars and you're pulling off 8%, that's 80,000 bucks a year. And that's, you know, that's how you live. And so, or Do you, you pull it say, out a lump sum. Does it come out monthly? How you does just it- set it up monthly. Just get a monthly check on it. Eight, 8% divided by 12 and just have that amount coming out. I, I want 8% of the thing coming out to me. Um, or, or you can say, Look, there's a million dollars there, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say eighty thousand bucks, and have a monthly check come on eighty thousand bucks a year. It's whatever that happens you know, to be, and uh, or I'm gonna pull forty thousand bucks on uh, five hundred thousand. That'd still be eight percent, and so you know that that or you know I don't quite want to do that, so I'm gonna pull thirty six thousand, which is three thousand dollars a month. I'm gonna have three thousand dollars a month coming off, and it'll last forever if you do that. What about a mandatory dis- disbursement? What is well, that? you have the required minimum distributions that begin at 73 on traditional IRAs and traditional 401ks. If you're doing this, you will easily meet that. Okay. You will easily meet that. So it's not a problem at all. If they're Roth IRAs, they don't have that. Okay. Or Roth 401ks. So let's say you're in a situation um, like you, Dave, and you've got some uh, um, rental properties that are generating cash flow. You're, you're not technically working anymore, but you're still, money's getting deposited. And now you have this mandatory withdrawal that you have to make. Can you take that money out and just reinvest it? It becomes taxable when you take it out. The purpose of them making you take it out is so they can tax it. So you get some money from you. Yeah. Uh, that, so you're going to take it out. It's a taxable event. So I have this income. Now, what do I do with that money? You can do whatever you want to do with your money. You can invest it. You can give it. You can do whatever you want to do with it. But it's it's coming out, and you're going to pay taxes on the required minimum distribution beginning at age 73. Okay. So either way. 
uh, except for that part where uh, it's like me and I'm not working because I still work. Correct. Yeah, just, Correct. just to be clear. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was pretending you were 73. Oh, how do you know I'm not working when I'm 73? Well. Uh, That's yeah. only 10 years. <laughs> this is an uncomfortable conversation, John. <laughs> I think it's very comfortable. <laughs> One of us is living in reality. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're thinking i'm going to be playing more golf and spending more time in cabo that's what you're thinking. i think you're gonna I be 73 i can i'm just saying that's how that works all right joanne is with us in boston joanne get us out of this how can we help <laughs> hi dave thank you thank you for taking my call sure um i have a question should i um sell my house and downsize i'll give you my numbers i'm 59 and single my salary is 152k my house is worth uh, nine fifty. I owe three eighty, um, and also I have four hundred one k. It's four hundred and fifty in the four hundred one k, and my savings twenty k. Why would you sell your house? That's a good question. There's a couple reasons. I live in Massachusetts. I just am I'm remote, and I was thinking to go southern New Hampshire and get away from some of the taxes. Okay, so you you want to and also move downsize. To, just yeah. You're thinking you're going to move yes. to a different state. Yes, which is only 20 minutes. I mean, mm-hmm. it's yeah. that close. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I was also thinking now I'm 59. I, yeah, I'm single, and, and I have to mow the lawn and do the uh, yard work. <clears throat> well, if you I bought a house in Jersey, mm-hmm. would you not have to mow the yard lawn? Oh, I was thinking a townhome, so I wouldn't have so that sort of thing. Okay, but yes. Okay, yeah. so you're thinking of getting something that helps you get rid of the maintenance that's a little newer in a better tax situation. Yes. yes. If you spend exactly the same money, it'd be a net a net gain in lifestyle and no change in your finances. Right, I was thinking that smaller. Yeah, and if you move down, then it's kind of a net gain. And, uh, right. but there's, you, you don't have to do this for your finances. Your finances are not out of control, but you're wanting a better quality of life by moving down. Well, that's kind of a no brainer. Do it. Just do it. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, you're, 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 you're not going to, you're not going <laughs> further in debt. You're not going to bankrupt yourself by doing this. You're going the other way. You're going to free up right. money, uh, have a lesser mortgage which you could get paid off going into retirement, which is the thing you need to be doing. You need to be aiming at getting that paid off. So if you bought a townhouse in Jersey, what would it cost? She's going to uh, New Hampshire. Oh, New Hampshire. I'm sorry. New what would Hampshire. it cost? I keep sending you to um, Jersey. I didn't, you, you did something wrong, apparently. But <laughs> um, Probably it looks like 550 Instead of 950 Yeah. Yeah, I can get a townhome there. I've been looking. So you're paying cash. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing yeah. this for sure. Move tomorrow. Yes. Because yeah. if you got no yeah, house payment, now we're going to pile up cash even more. So let's play this out. You got mm. 450 in your 401k, and yeah. now you got no house payment, and you said your household income is 152. You're single, right? Yes. Okay. So the 450, if it's invested in good mutual funds in your 401k, if it's not, make sure it is. Will yes. double about every seven years. You're fifty nine and a half. When you're sixty six, that's nine fifty. Okay, so when you're seventy three, that magic number. That it, old that's two old mi- people. Those old people. It's two, <laughs> shut up, John. It's two million dollars. Yeah. 
Okay, so it, when you're 73, if you've got this invested in good mutual funds, you're going to have $2 million if you add nothing to your retirement and a paid-for house. You have no bills, yeah. I right. think we call right. that a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, <laughs> and you're going to be adding even more to it, so you're going to have $4 million. That's going to be fun. Yeah, this is great. This is great. This and and you don't have to cut the grass. There, I mean, there's all these benefits. There's all these benefits. <laughs> and like the because those old people like can't cut in New Hampshire, grass. Baby. Yeah, that's it. She's going to be getting it. And you won't be in New Hampshire, and that's you're being. I mean, you won't be in New Jersey. You'll be in New Hampshire instead. So there you go. That's, I was trying to send her there. I really was. I was you were trying there. hard. I think. Yeah. I think. Uh, <laughs> I think it was Alzheimer's. No, I, I think in addition to being really good with numbers, you are also a geography savant. <laughs> it's outstanding. <laughs> Outstanding. <laughs> and sarcasm Dave is knows your his Eastern spiritual gift. There it is. <laughs> it's just over there and it's cold. It's north and go, there's taxes. Go Celtics. And Yankees. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> this is The Ramsey Show. Thank you for joining us, America. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Sue is with us in Tampa, Florida. Hi, Sue. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. Thank you for taking my call to both of you. Um, My husband and I are in baby step seven, and he's 63. I'm 61. Currently, I'll be retiring from my job in July when I turn 62, and at that point, we'll have a surplus of about $2,500 a month. And we're just wondering, since we're in Baby Step 7, we still fully fund our envelopes. Um, We contribute to our four grandchildren's um, savings accounts for college. Um, We have the, um, the sinking funds for a car. What do we do with that extra 2500 a month? What's your household income? After July, it will be 89000 a year. Okay. Um, there's no wrong answer. Uh, generally, what I always try to do when I find, quote, extra money laying around is I try to stay, I'm going to divide it some way among three areas. I'm going to invest some, I'm going to increase my generosity some, and I'm going to enjoy some. And uh, okay. like, like when I'm working with, uh, if I sit down with a, uh, like a professional athlete, let's say a football player that's making 10 million a year, and uh, what we tell them to do is to set a basic budget, maybe 100, 150,000 a year to live on, and then everything above that, let's break it down into percentages and say, okay, this percentage we're going to enjoy, this percentage we're going to invest, and this percentage we're going to be generous with. And that's what Sharon and I do. When we get an extra check-in, say, from a publisher, maybe I get a royalty check from an old book I wrote back in the old days. I still get those checks. Uh, that's extra money. It's found money. We've already got percentages that we apply to it for generosity, enjoyment, and additional investing. And, of course, you've got to set your taxes aside. So what we do right. in our case is, I won't give you the exact percentages, but I will tell you that my taxes are 40% on everything because I'm rich and I must be punished. That's like a Washington, <laughs> D.C. rule, right? So um, so I got to pay a 40% tax. I'm an evangelical Christian, so I tithe 10% on all of mm-hmm. my incomes. So that's 50%, 40 and 10. 
Then the other 50%, I I automatically set those two aside because I got those are just automatic. Then the other 50%, I put some towards investing a percentage, some towards enjoyment, which allows me to buy some ridiculously wonderful things and to go to some ridiculously wonderful places. And uh, uh, it's just crazy. And, And it doesn't even take a high percentage to do it. But then, of course, also increase generosity, increase investing. So enjoyment, generosity, investing. Always be doing those three things. And also, John, that's even where you start teaching a two-year-old, a five-year-old. I was just about to say, um, I, I tell this story not not for the praise, but just to give a picture. Um, one of my favorite things to do when we have, quote-unquote, found money, we have money that's in excess of our budget, Hank and I have breakfast. And I got this idea from you and Daniel. Like, we have breakfast every Tuesday morning, and we go to Waffle House, and w- teaching him the experience of comically overtipping and watching the waitress's eyes light up and sometimes they'll put the lean on something because they need like that 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 was a light bill right my son now is so excited i'm having to hold like hey man like that's you can't tip 150% on right he's bringing his own money cuz he he wants to participate in that and now you're shifting the whole family yeah. tree and so when you get 2500 bucks how fun would it be to go on a date and go somewhere nice and then just absolutely take care of somebody in a, in a, in a magical way? Do it once a month. Walk through the kitchen and hand out $100 bills. Golly, man. I mean. After after you had a wonderful dinner, you know, that kind of stuff. It's And, and you got to remember, when you're making 2500 when you have 2500 extra bucks, it's easy to separate yourself from that waitress that is uh, like a, 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 a piece of dental floss away from it all falling in on. 100 bucks makes a huge difference sometimes. Yeah. It could be a great gift. Absolutely. So, yeah, the increased generosity and that you can include that in tipping if you want or random acts of generosity. Walk around the gas pumps and pay for people's gas just to watch their their minds be blown and, uh, you know, buy a car for somebody. Yeah. You know, it's just that you can buy a $2,000 car, change somebody's life. It's crazy. You can buy 10 of them for Mm $20,000. I mean, it's, it's just a lot of fun. So it's the most fun you'll have with money. But you need to be doing all three. You need to have some enjoyment. You need to have some generosity, some increased enjoyment, some increased lifestyle some increased uh, generosity all of those things that's a really good question sue so just sit down and say okay out of my you said she had 2500 is that what she said extra 2900 what is just go ahead give a number to it i'm gonna put 500 to this i'm gonna put a thousand to that and i'm gonna put 500 you know whatever it is and add it up and make but every dollar still has an assignment uh, oh and guess what when you're enjoying the enjoyment portion Knowing that you've been noble with your generosity and knowing that you've been wise with your investing increases the enjoyment of the enjoyment portion because there's yeah. no regret. There's not that little voice saying, you can't afford this, you can't afford this. And there's not a little voice saying, you're, you're selfish. You're evil, yeah. You're evil because you have a nice car. Mm-hmm. You should, you know, you should, you're going to hell because everyone knows <laughs> that, not, that Christians don't drive nice cars. Correct. Because, I mean, it's a, the proper car is a 1974 Honda Accord because the Bible says, and Jesus said, and they were all in one Accord. It's a Bible joke, right? So there you go. And uh, so otherwise you're going to hell, right? So, um, but no, I mean, that's just ridiculous. This is the way people think out there. And so, and and it also removes you from all the judgment of all the guilt trippers. Hmm. Like, uh, because no one has any concept of the, of, of what someone else does with generosity. Well, and that's if there's if, no it, way you if can you're know living what right, everybody you can never, unless they just trumpet every single thing they do, and then it's not generosity; it's it's ego, right? If, if your right hand doesn't know what your left hand is doing, man, then people aren't going to know, and they're going to judge you, and that's fine. That's on them. Yeah, I'm going to sleep well at night. Yeah, 
just, you know, at, at your funeral and as you walk into the pearly gates, there'll be two additional parties for all the people that you blessed over the years. Mm. That's how that works. And because, um, you know, there'll be people walking up to your grandkids going, you had no idea what your grandmother did. That 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 happened with my grand. I get choked up here. That happened with my granddad. People showing up out of the woodwork saying, oh, man, your granddad sent us 500 bucks back in the 80s when we couldn't breathe. And yep. we were able to fill in the blank like that, that. And he didn't make a lot of money, man. So it was just a way of being. It's the best investment on the planet. Yeah. All right. Kevin is with us in Greenville, South Carolina. Hi, Kevin. How are you? Hey, Dave. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Dr. John Deloney. Um, I'll be real quick. I just wanted to give you guys a call and ask you a question, Dave. I uh, I had a buddy. I'm hoping you can help me solve an argument that I had with a buddy here that I talked to Dave Ramsey with a lot. Um, he was telling me that uh, that you, uh, we, I work for a large uh, car manufacturer in Greenville, South Carolina. I'm pretty sure you can guess which one. BMW. And uh yeah, maybe. Uh, and so uh, we have a lease program, an associate lease program. It's fabulous. And right now I'm looking. So that's funny that you say that because he told me Dave Ramsey recommends leases. And I'm like, you're an No, idiot. I don't. I don't recommend leases. leases. But your BMW lease programs for employees is not a car lease. It's an employee benefit. Okay. okay. A car lease I'm, is a, a car lease is you get screwed. If you go to the BMW dealership and you lease a BMW, you're getting screwed. It's a horrible plan, but you have an an employee benefit that they pay for your tires, your gas, your insurance. They pay for everything, Mm -hmm. and it costs you almost nothing to drive this car comparatively to driving your own car. Yeah, and and the thing that bugged me was the car payment. But you know, I mean, it's still a payment that we have to pay. Yeah, but if you listen, if you just break, okay, let's say you go buy a twenty-five thousand dollar car. Let's pretend you're out of mm-hmm. debt and you had extra money, okay? If you got a $25,000 yeah. car and you're driving it around for the gas that you would pay a payment on, you got to pay the gas payment mm-hmm. to the gas pump. You, you've got to buy mm-hmm. tires. You've got to change the oil. You've got to buy insurance. And the stupid $25,000 car is going down in value every day you own it. Okay. Those are all that payments, too. Okay. You're just not writing one well, check for all of them. In this case, you're you're getting the use of a vehicle with everything furnished. Am I am I correctly uh, outlining your employee benefit? Yes, you are. Okay, it's a deal. Yeah. I would yeah. do that okay. deal if I worked for BMW because you're not borrowing money. They're giving you an employee benefit for a set number of dollars a month that you can't possibly drive a car anywhere near that nice for that amount of dollars. It's a bargain. But it has nothing to do with leasing a car. They call it a lease, but it's not even a lease. You can turn it in each month. It's not even that. You, you're not stuck in it. You get fired, you're out of it. It's easy. So it's not debt. It's a whole different program. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney. If you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey Baby Steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click on the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. That's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.